Welcome to Real Estate and Coffee. My name is Joel Arndt. Today is Friday, October 18th, 2019. Here's some Canadian real estate news while you enjoy your morning coffee. So this is from The Star, and this article is from Halifax. Often I focus on Ontario, sometimes Vancouver, sometimes Alberta. This one I think you will enjoy. And relate to if you're a landlord. Repeat, rent dodger dubbed professional squatter prompts call for reform. A Halifax coffee shop owner who says he tried for more than four months to evict a tenant he called a professional squatter is calling for reforms to Nova Scotia's tenancy laws. Jason Selby says he retook possession late Tuesday of the home Nadav Evanhar and his family had occupied the day after a Nova Scotia Supreme Court judge ordered the tenants to leave. Wow. Supreme Court, huh? Nova Scotia. Okay. Anyway. Court records and interviews indicate Ivan Har has previously followed a pattern of not paying rent, appealing court orders to depart, and delaying evictions for months. I just can't believe that our legal system allows him to do this to people over and over again, Selby said in a telephone interview. The owner of Selby's bunker said without nearly $10,000 Ivan Har owed him, he was forced to sleep at his business or at friends' homes in order to make mortgage payments on the home he was renting out. Patricia Arab, Patricia Arab, the minister responsible for Service Nova Scotia said the Evenhar, 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 hmm, I'll say Evenhar, case has led her department to look to other jurisdictions for guidance on how to avoid similar instances, incidents. Even if it's just this one individual, it's opened up an issue that's an important one to address so we don't get to a point where people are using this loophole in the Residential Tenancies Act to avoid rent, she said. The winding story of legal delays in Selby's case began months ago. Selby, 31, said when he first met Ivanhar, he was driving an expensive car and presented ad advanced rent checks. Those turned out to be from closed accounts, and from June 1st onwards, no rent was paid. Selby said. Instead, Selby found himself following the provincial eviction process. He gave the family a 45-day grace period, then applied to Service Nova Scotia for eviction. Two weeks later, he filed for a hearing before a residential tenancy officer. When Evan Har didn't appear, he was ordered to pay more than $5,000 in rent and leave by September 1st. However, the family didn't depart, and Evan Har appealed to, to small claims court. When Selby showed up for the hearing, Evenhar again wasn't present, and the landlord said he was granted a court order to evict him. Selby moved the family's belongings out of the house, but police allowed the tenant to move back in. Evenhar turned to the Nova Scotia Supreme Court, which allowed him to re-enter the home again until October, an, an October court hearing. It was that hearing that led to the final eviction this week. Last month, community members sympathetic to Selby protested outside the rented residence following media reports about his ordeal. Meanwhile, 
Other landlords have recounted similar experiences involving the tenant. Lori Sampson, a former landlord who rented her home to Evenhar's family, said in an, in an interview, the experience badly damaged her finances. The sheriff's office removes him, and then he can appeal in a higher court, and they let him back in. I don't understand it, she said. Evenhar didn't respond to an email from the Canadian press, but has told the CBC he regrets his actions and has suggested he could eventually repay former landlords who had him evicted. Okay, here's a new name. Karim, Karima, Karima Saad, a lawyer who represents both tenants and landlords in Ontario, said this and other cases erode the trust that underlies the owner-renter relationship. What trust? That doesn't exist right now. People feel that uh, people feel that burn and are more reluctant to find tenants. Also, when a small landlord has been burned, it can be difficult to recover the losses, she said in an interview from her office in Toronto. Saad said, solutions to the problem are difficult because it's important not to eliminate legal rights solely because a tenant is a repeat offender. Creating a blacklist of tenants who skip rent could end up defining people by past behaviors they may have changed, she said. The lawyer said one solution could be to start publishing names in residential tenancy decisions, helping alert landlords and renters to repeat offenders. The names in those decisions are currently not accessible in Nova Scotia or Ontario. Meanwhile, for Selby, the process of rebuilding his finances is just beginning. I've arrived at the point where the house is finally vacant after four months, he said. I have to start over. If you have a story like that, please email me, recoffee at re, uh, joelarnt.ca, recoffee at joelarnt.ca, so that's one more time, recoffee at j-o-e-l-a-r-n-d-t dot c-a. I want to collect those stories, not... I hate all the complaining that I see on a lot of landlord boards, but this is legitimate. Some of it is not complaining. I was just reading one post uh, earlier this evening. Yes, I'm pre-recording this. About how one woman in Waterloo is going through a, a, a struggle with a tenant who um, has an issue with the smell in the apartment and she's had third party, multiple third party professionals walk through and there's nothing wrong. And in fact, the smell that this tenant is experiencing is probably the dump that they live by. It's just a fact of life in that neighborhood. Tenant doesn't want to admit that, thinks the landlord should be responsible to fix whatever is apparently wrong with the apartment. Anyway, it is hard to deal with people and, and when, and I understand that there have to be protections when there's a power imbalance. You as a landlord have hold power over people who rent out your homes. They, sure, they hold a little bit of power in the sense that they have to pay you. And if they don't, that, that can move you, but can affect you. But ultimately, it's your home. You have If you have them kicked out, there's nothing they can do. They're out in the street. And so there is a bit of a power imbalance and a lot of the laws that are in place were, they came in at a time in Ontario's 
history when there was an abuse of the power um, that landlords held over tenants. The pendulum has now swung the other way. When there's criminal offenses, and here in Nova Scotia, the criminal offense is being protected. If someone came into your house and was trespassing and you tried to have the police remove them and they wouldn't, and then they went to the courts and said that they couldn't be removed and the court defended this person, like they're defending the criminal. Now, and if in a lot of cases, if there's damage to a property, like if someone, if some random person or even someone you invited into your home, if there was someone that you invited into your home to stay for the weekend, came into your home and damaged the place beyond repair, that is a criminal offense. And right now that is protected under Ontario and apparently Nova Scotia law. Which is insane. And I think that stuff needs to be highlighted. If you have stories like this, I want to collect them. And uh, I would love to talk to you, record that conversation. Email me, recoffee at j-o-e-l-a-r-n-d-t dot c-a. And let's, let's tell some real stories. It's anecdotal. It, it doesn't hold a ton of weight, but telling these stories, getting them out there will, uh, it, it's gotta be consistent. It's gotta be consistent. And the more that, because right now it's very easy for news outlets. It's, I, I'm, I'm happy that the star picked this up. It would be very easy for them to pick up a story about a tenant who was abused by a landlord, and that would have probably been a lot more popular. They could have even taken Ivan Har's side on this story, and that would they probably would have gotten away with it and maybe even gotten some praise for it. That doesn't have like the, taking the landlord side doesn't happen a lot in Ontario right now, so we have to tell our own stories. I don't want to become a negative program. So if I can get a couple stories, a few stories, let's say three stories, real stories, verifiable stories, I'll put them in, uh, I'll put them in an episode and we'll go from there. And then maybe we do an episode of, uh, you know, sweetheart stories. I feel like those are, they don't get told as often because it's just nice when people are just basic human, basically genuine human beings, nice, genuinely nice human beings. It's kind of what we expect out of people or maybe how we started out, what we started out <laughs> as expecting from others in any case. If you think, if you can think of anybody that would identify with Selby, Jason Selby's story, send this episode to them. I'd love to hear their take. You know, you become a landlord because you want to put your money in, 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 in something that's actually going to put that money to work and make money for you. And at the very least, you want your money somewhere where it's a, it's in a hard asset, it's safe. But then someone comes along and demolishes your property and that, that money is very vulnerable. And that's your future. Your future becomes vulnerable.
Sometimes your present becomes vulnerable. In this in this case, Mr. Selby, with his business, it put his present in, in danger. It's about finding ways to wealth that where your future is protected. That's why a lot of people become entrepreneurs because they want to take control of their present so that they can control their future as well. So they can control the outcome 10, 20, 30 years from, from this moment. And there's a lot of people who are turning to some very interesting wealth building measures and strategies because the traditional wealth building measures just aren't working anymore. There's a term for that. It's called wealth hacking. Erwin Cito, uh, on the Truth About Real Estate Investing podcast, he's he's putting on the Wealth Hacker Conference, the um, Infinity Wealth Investment Network, his IWIN meetings. It's all about f finding the fastest and safest path to building wealth and being able to do that together. That's why I think it's so important to share your stories because you're not alone. That's why I read this article because you're not alone. And it's good to, when we meet, when we get together, not just to share the, the bad stories, but to share all of all of the lessons we've learned and the practical steps to get through this stuff and the practical. And then there's other, like, honestly, real estate will always be my crux, but I want other means to building wealth businesses, other investments, even the stock market. Uh, there's a stock hacker academy that, um, you know, without diving too deep into it, uh, it's a, it's a take on, it's like, it's the Warren Buffett take on stock options is the best way I have of, of explaining it without really diving too much into the strategy. It's as safe as you can get investing in stocks, and it provides cash flow. That's that's not something you hear about. That's a wealth hack. People who are coming up with this stuff, who are living this out, who are discovering this, who are um, learning about it from others and implementing it in their own lives. These majority of these people, ninety nine percent of these people, every everyday people who have everyday kind of jobs and are just putting their money to good use. Those are the kind of people I want to be around. The people particularly who think big because not only do they want to put their money to good use, uh, they want to make a lot more money so that they can put it all to even bigger use. So that's why I'm going to the Wealth Hacker Conference. That's why I bought my ticket. Grant Cardone's going to be there. That's going to be fantastic. I love his sales training material. There's a whole bunch of other local people. Um, I think one gentleman's from... At West, but most of, most of the other speakers are uh, Toronto area or from Ontario, and they have built seven, eight-figure businesses, and they continue to shoot higher. Those are the kind of people I want to be around. But I also want to connect with the people who are just attending, because they're on that path. They have discovered some means to separate them from the pack and they are constantly looking for growth and expansion those are the kind of people i want to be with so if you'd like to check this out wealthhacker.ca 
There's three ticket options, pick one. There's gonna be a promo code link, enter promo code. Click on that, enter the promo code, real wealth. So again, wealthhacker.ca, pick your ticket, enter promo code, discount code, real wealth, all one word. And let me know if you're going, email me. Let me know that you're going, let's connect. I'd love to meet up. I want to connect with as many people as possible, especially if you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't subscribed, whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, subscribe, and you'll get real estate news, um, a new article every morning. Well, Monday to Saturday, I take Sundays off. Again, I am pre-recording this, it's Thursday night, but you are probably listening to this on Friday morning, October 18th. It's Friday. Have a good day.